So here at Trinity, our mission is to make fearless, selfless followers of Jesus. These are everyday missionaries who give all that they know of themselves to all that they know of God. Who grow together in the knowledge and the love of God. And who go out of their way to make a difference in the lives of others. And we believe this mission was given to us by God because in a world that seems scary, our community needs us to expose the kingdom of God by fearlessly standing in that gap. And in a world whose default is self-centeredness, our community needs us to expose the kingdom of God by selflessly choosing to be generous with our time, our resources, and our influence. We've been called for this time and in this place by a God who's brought awakening in the past and who we are convinced will bring awakening once again. The book of Colossians uh, was written by Paul, probably. There's some debate, some think that uh, it was written by an associate of Paul sometime maybe in the second century because in chapter 2 he seems to be talking about Gnosticism, which would have come a little later, um, but we could have had some proto-Gnosticism there in the first century that Paul is dealing with. So we aren't entirely sure, but either Paul or a close associate. Um, and it's uh, written, uh, if it's written by Paul, it's written while he is in prison in the city of Rome. And he is writing uh, this letter to uh, the Colossian church that is uh, the city of Colossae. They are a pluralistic society um, whose church is dealing specifically with teachers who are coming in and who are distorting the gospel. They are moving away from uh, the faith that has been handed down uh, by Jesus and the saints. And in Colossians chapter 1, we read these words. This is Paul uh, praying for the Colossian church. He says, We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son whom he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins." So Paul is praying for the Colossian church, and he prays that one, they might live in a way that pleases God. That two, they may do good and bear fruit. That three, they may grow in the knowledge of God. That four, they may be strengthened in endurance and patience. And finally, that they would worship the Father who has adopted them into the new kingdom.
And as I read this passage, I am confronted with the reality that my prayers are rarely as audacious as this prayer that Paul prays for the church uh, in Colossae. Because oftentimes, um, when I'm praying, I'm, I'm thinking about the immediate need. So we have uh, some of our uh, brothers and sisters who are in the hospital right now. And we pray for their immediate need, that they would uh, be able to be, uh, be on the road to recovery and be able to go home. Um, and this has been a really uh, a powerful ministry in our church. We've, we've seen people experience healing as we pray for them. But I read this and I am convicted by the reality that, that very rarely do I pray for someone to grow in the knowledge of God. Very rarely uh, do I pray that someone would be, uh, would be encouraged and strengthened to live a life that pleases God. Very often do I pray that someone else would be faithful to God in a season that's trying for their patience and their endurance. So this week, um, on both Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, uh, I took really long walks. Um, Christmas Eve is a really stressful day, you know, 9.30 comes, and everyone's left the church, um, and my blood pressure's still like 150 over 112, right? Um, so, it wasn't really that high, don't worry. Don't. Um, so, you know, Christmas Eve took, took a long walk. Um, and as I was walking, I was thinking about uh, the state of our church, where we're at, where we've been, um, what God is calling us to. And the reality is that there are a lot of different ways to, to measure the health and vitality of a church. Um, you know, you can measure it by how many people come on Sunday morning. You can measure it by uh, how many uh, youth are coming to youth group. You can measure it by uh, how much uh, money is coming in the offering plate. You can measure it by how many people are going on mission trips. Like, there are lots of different ways to, to measure vitality. Um, but ultimately, I think the best way uh, to think about the health of the church and the vitality of the church is to evaluate our faithfulness to the mission that God has given us. Are we being faithful to this call to make fearless, selfless followers of Jesus? And the more I thought about our living into that mission, um, the more proud of you all I became. Because this year I saw so many of you and so many of our ministries make intentional decisions towards living into the mission that God has given us. It's been a really uh, exciting year to see uh, some of you especially uh, really choose in a way that you haven't before to follow Jesus 
and to be about growing as a fearless, selfless follower of him. You know, I, I thought about things like moving our Shrove Tuesday pancake dinner uh, from uh, the church here on Han Road over to Jordan's Crossing and how we were able to, to share God's love with a much wider group of people who we would never see here in doing so. I, I thought about uh, things like participating in spirit and truth and how we, about uh, 50 of us went and, and took a step in faith and took a risk and put our trust in Jesus in a way that many of us hadn't before. And I thought about the way that, that, that so many of our folks have been committed to blessing the residents at Brookdale and at Story Point in the monthly hymn sings. I thought about the peanut butter sandwich ministry that started and how that feeds uh, hundreds of people each time it happens. And I thought about the Girl Scouts and their, deci- their decision to, to collect coats over the winter and just the, the incredible way that, that God showed up and blessed that effort. And I thought about uh, the choir deciding to, to go and take their, their talents uh, to serve people who are on the west side, both at HM3 and at Jordan's Crossing. And I, just, I was able to look at these things, that these decisions that were made by you. Um, and as a church, it's clear that we took an intentional step in becoming more selfless and looking outside of ourselves and going out of our way to make a difference in the lives of others. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of the way that so many of you made a new decision this year to commit to grow in a group of mutual accountability and affirmation. Coming out of Spirit and Truth, we um, started up six new discipleship groups. And we'll have two more starting in the new year. You know, I thought about how um, in the springtime, the youth uh, led us in a Bible study uh, for the whole church. And then in the summertime, they led our Pentecost worship service. You know, we had a new Monday night Bible study start this fall. Uh, in our prayer meetings, folks have experienced healing. On Sunday mornings, our kids are learning Bible stories and memorizing the books of the Bible. And Ignite continues to form the character of our kids and teach them how to pray. As a church, this year we took intentional steps to fearlessly grow together in the love and the knowledge of God. And it's an honor to be your pastor. I love getting to see the way that God is moving in your lives. It's a joy to see how God continues to move amongst you uh, to transform all of us and make us more like Jesus. And I gotta be honest with you, I have some pretty big expectations for the coming year. Because we believe that God is calling us to grow in fearlessness because we live in a place where courageous and principled God-lovers and truth-tellers are desperately needed. And this year, we will be called to be our very most faithful. 
because we live in a time of incredible anxiety and polarization. It's, it's, it's kind of incredible, right? Like, like everything is awesome. You know, Christmas is a time of year that puts on perfect display that everything is awesome. Um, because I think about some of the toys that my children play with. Like, like Ben got a little drone. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Four propellers. It zips around. It's a lot of fun. You can fly it inside and not break much. Um, But I thought about when I was his age, 26 years ago, one, we didn't have the technology to pull that off. But the closest thing we could have gotten would be a helicopter kit that you'd have to buy from Radio Shack for like 300 bucks and have to have the technical know-how to put it together, and it would break in the first half hour because it's hard as all get out to actually operate. And I know this is, you know, petty. But I mean, in a lot of different ways, uh, the world is more awesome than ever before. I mean, global poverty is at an all-time low. Like, there are fewer people who are dying of poverty and poverty-related things than ever before in human history. We, um, We are seeing... Uh, uh, the lowest rates of crime, uh, both in the United States and around the world, that we ever have, even as population continues to increase. Infant mortality is way, way down. Like, everything is awesome, yet we live in a world of incredible anxiety. And because we live in this world of great anxiety, and polarization, we will be called to be fearless in a way that we haven't before. And this year is really going to put to the test. Because in this year we will have uh, the anxiety of looming impeachment. And all of the the stress that comes with that. And the 24-hour news cycle. And it's going to, it'll be really easy to think about those who, who view the impeachment proceedings different than us as the enemy or evil or somehow, you know, incapable of rational thought. And whether that uh, happens or not, in November we're going to have an election. And we'll have uh, a portion of our friends and neighbors saying, you know, this is the way for America going forward. And uh, the other half of your neighbors will say, everything they said is wrong. This is the way. And in May, uh, we'll have general conference in the United Methodist Church. And it's going to be ugly. And all of these things, if we just read the headlines and allow it to seep into us, will lead us to be just as anxious and angry and scared and polarized as everyone else. But Jesus offers us a better way. One of the most repeated commands in the Bible is, Fear not, for I am with you. No matter what happens, we have a God who walks with us 
and who is um, continuing to provide for us and sustain us. So that no matter what happens in Washington, D.C., or what happens in Minneapolis, or what happens at any state house across the country, or at the United Nations building, or wherever, we continue to be missionaries of hope and peace and love in this world. And even beyond these big umbrella things that we all can see when we turn on the television. This year, we will have neighbors who lose jobs and who's, who lose spouses and who get sick, and they will need us to carry with us the hope of the kingdom of God. This year's we will have opportunities both corporately as a church and individually to be missionaries of life in a land of death. To be missionaries of grace in the midst of a cancel culture. To be missionaries of, uh, of love in the face of polarization and animosity and vitriol. And because of this, I'm going to start praying a lot more audaciously than I have been. And I encourage you to do the same. Uh, and I think this, this prayer that Paul prays for the Colossian church, it is the same prayer that we need in our lives right now. So I, I, I encourage you, uh, each morning when, when you wake up or at lunchtime or uh, whenever you think of it, to pray this prayer that Paul prays for the Colossian church for us here at Trinity. That God will fill us with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you might have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son whom he loves and in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. It has already been demonstrated that prayer is a powerful tool in the life of this church. What would happen if we began to audaciously pray for one another to grow as disciples of Jesus? That we would audaciously pray for one another to be fearless and selfless where we live, work, and play Monday through Friday. What kind of impact might we have in the community? If God responds in the same way that he's responded in the lives of those who uh, are sick and who've experienced healing, uh, who've had brokenness in their life and have experienced restoration. If God shows up in the same way as we pray for one another to grow as fearless, selfless followers of him, people who grow in the truth, people who 
who are full of patience and endurance and hardship. What kind of impact might we have in our neighborhoods and in our places of work? Let us pray audaciously together. Oh Lord, we thank you that you have adopted us out of slavery to sin and death. That in this new kingdom you have established, you have made us co-heirs with Christ. Lord, we confess that we have not always taken advantage of the freedom you give us. That we have allowed ourselves to be trapped in the same patterns of fear and anxiety that we were before we knew you. But Lord, this day we pray that you will fill us with the knowledge of your will through all the wisdom and understanding that your Spirit gives. Lord, so that we may live a life worthy of you and please you in every way. So that we might bear fruit as we live into your mission. That we might grow in the knowledge of you. And that you might strengthen us with your power so that we may have endurance and patience in the face of hardship. Lord, we give you thanks for you have gifted us with the inheritance of your kingdom. Lord, you have rescued us from the land of darkness. And you have brought us into the kingdom of your son, Jesus. Through redemption and the forgiveness of our sin. Amen.